Point out the colors in you. I see them too, and boy, I like them. I like them. I like them. We way too fly to partake in all this hate. We out here vibing. We vibing. We vibing. Alexa, play Ariana Grande. Okay. With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get tens of millions of songs. Download the Amazon Music app today. All right, Dolph Addict. I am really excited about this week's show and I'm I'm bringing I'm bringing a little less energy to the intro I'm not going to yell at you in the intro right here because I'm, I'm tr- I want this to build right this is going to be this podcast that you're about that's about to penetrate your eardrums is about to be it, it we got to let it crescendo so I don't want to start out too hot and heavy I got my boy Pat Perry on the line see what up what's up man you kind of threw me off there you you I knew I would. Usually, I knew I would. Yeah, you usually start like just all up in my face, but but now see, see, I'm gonna get. I'm getting the listeners' attention right now. Right now, they're thinking, "What is going on?" So this is we're we're mixing this up, and tonight we have a very special guest, um, a guy that we've been trying to get on here for a few weeks, a guy that we feel like is really really funny, and we feel like you guys are going to enjoy the heck out of this podcast. Um, he goes by TJ Rice at Ted Junior Rice. Calls himself a musician, wanderer, and hack golfer on Twitter. You might need to change that, TJ. What? What's up, man? Welcome to the Tour Junkies Golf Podcast. What's going on, boy? We are pumped. To you, have I'm, you, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna change that intro up there. You know, you come in subtle. You yeah. can't come in and say, you know. The reality is I'm probably going to hang. I'm probably going to take your money on the golf course, but, you know, you can't just come out like that. You got to get some people in some sucker bets. Yeah, I mean, you know, but you got some other things to your resume. I mean, we won't hold it against you that you live in Michigan. We we said that you were uh, a musician, wanderer, and hat golfer is what you say in your Twitter account. But you're also a caddy, right, which is how we connected. You have caddied on the web.com tour. You caddied on a PGA tour. And we connected through Gino Benelli, big-time friend of the podcast. Uh, we've had Gino on. Gino caddies for Joel Damon. Is it Damon or Domin? Me and Pat have had this debate. No, it's Damon. He had it right the first he time. Yeah, I told you, Pat. Um, so Gino caddies for Joel, and you and Gino are boys, it seems like, at least based on your Twitter account. Um, you could be, like, fake friends with him. I don't know, but... We we met no, you through there. Yeah, Gino, Gino Gino's a great guy. I mean, he's uh he's one of the first class roommates out there. He's the one you shoot for every week. Is he, is he the one? Is he it like now? <laughs> how does that work? Like, like, yeah. Well, yeah. You know, yeah, usually it goes that. around the guys that pay you. You know, like maybe okay, well well it's three hundred a piece this week and then boom, in the Venmo account. Don't have to worry mm. about it. That's a first class mm. roommate out there for sure. Oh, and okay. I, get to, like, like, I get I get to FaceTime with his wife Holly, and that that makes me happy too. She's so sweet. She is very sweet. She's a big fan of she ours. Sent me she some sent wine. Us messages. Yeah, she sent, well, she that sent wine. me wine. 
which I'll I'll take anytime. So yeah, she's very nice. Um, well, that implies that there are caddies out there who obviously don't pay up when they need to pay up. So that's obviously a big problem, right? I wouldn't say it's a big problem. I mean, that's something you'd probably eliminate on the first try, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. You you run into that a little bit, but for the most part, these guys take care of themselves pretty well. I mean, we got to travel all the time. We're all going through the same expenses, so we have to respect each other in that manner. But what? How does it look like when when you want to be like if you and Gino know that you're caddying together the next you know the next week, and I, and I know you got other boys on tour too. So like, is it a group text or are you like? Is there is there a little bit of um like like middle school dance drama to it where you like you want to ask Gino to be your roomie but you don't want to be too aggressive or if if you text him and then Gino's like oh man I'm sorry I'm already bunking up with this dude over here is there any of that going on or you guys just got it pretty much scheduled out yeah I wouldn't go most of it's like last minute and you might get a circumstance too where a guy's gonna stay with his player they might maybe they rented a house that week you know so he has a room in the house for free so he's out so it's just about getting the guys together, figuring out, you know, who needs a roommate. We'll talk about it collectively and uh, and figure it out that way. But usually, I mean, I bet there's five or six of us that usually stay together. You know, it tends to be the same guys week in, week out. Who who are those guys? Who are your boys? Gino, obviously. Yeah, Gino. Um, you know, we have our buddy John Rathouse who works for uh, Seamus Power and. Uh, there's a few of them, you know, I don't know how much yeah. they like to be mentioned, so I'll leave it at that. But, uh, it, it tends to be the same group of guys all the time, you know, but those are guys too, that you like, you like hanging out with, you can eat dinner with and, uh, maybe share a rental car with if need be. So gotcha. I would, I would imagine that, like, I think we even, I, I've gotten a text before from a caddy who was, who was I think they were looking for a hookup maybe for somebody's house in Atlanta or something like that. Like have you ever like had to stay in like like you were like, hey Gino, let's just say Gino, like who do we know in this city? Like let's let's find somebody we can just crash with or whatever. Do you have like any stories where you like you've stayed at somebody's house and it's just been like just the weirdest thing ever? Like you're at like some family's house and you you just just you know I like, I try to stay out of that situation. I mean, I kind of have a rule of thumb. I mean, if it's under a hundred bucks, most of the time I'm just going to stay by myself. Just get a hotel. It's easier that way. I mean, we're all on different schedules. If somebody's going to get up at, you know, 5 a.m. and you're not seen off until one o'clock, it's like you really want to deal with someone getting up, you know, getting ready, taking shower, doing all that stuff. And not to mention the other distractions. Like, I want to go back and chill out been a long day your mind's going everywhere on the golf course it's nice to have that seclusion at the end of the day so i you know i haven't yet to to put myself in that situation with staying with someone just to save a dollar what's the most uh, annoying thing gino does when you stay with him um oh this is well this is new stuff actually this is this is hot off the press nice breaking boots. news all right, so plantar fasciitis is kind of a kind of a common thing in the caddy world. Yep. So every every night, Gino has to strap these boots on, which is it's more of an inconvenience for him. But yeah, he's got to sleep I, in them. Comical on my end, but <laughs> he had to get up and use the bathroom in the middle of the night. 
Now, if you, you can remember back a couple of weeks ago, we split a room when we were down in Mexico. Yeah, yeah. He is sick as a dog Monday and Tuesday. <laughs> I end up getting the same thing. So Thursday and Friday, I'm sick. Well, he's got to get up emergency style and run off to the bathroom at like 2, 3 in the morning. And he has these boots on. It sounds like... <laughs> I mean, it's the most ridiculous thing ever. Like, he's walking on coconuts, just clacking through the room, you know, stumbles through the door. He can't get any traction. It's all tile floor through the place. Just an absolute yard sale. I, I guess he was successful, though. I didn't, didn't see any remnants around, so he made it. I got my special shoes on. Gino <laughs> Benelli. He's probably, probably going to get more injured with those freaking shoes on. Oh, oh, God. Yeah. I had is that a real injury? Him. They have to work. I don't know. No, plantar fasciitis yeah. is a real injury. I, yeah, I had a friend that had that. I, I thought that was shoes. like a... I just thought that was like restless leg syndrome or something. Like, no, that's completely, completely different. We walk like 11,500 miles a week with a 50-pound bag <laughs> on the back. The stuff hurts. I mean... Come on, TJ. Unreal. Don't be a wuss. You can handle oh, it. Oh, God. Pat is such a pansy, TJ. Don't let okay. him talk to you that like, you know what, Pat? Pat can't. Pat doesn't even walk with his own sandbag with like a bunch of seven woods in it. He's not going to be able to carry a tour bag for one round, much less like six in a week. Uh, Plantar fasciitis is a real thing. I had a friend with those boots on, and they are a trip. But he hated them because they're so hot and nasty and like sweaty, and you got to sleep in them. They suck. That's horrible. Yeah, imagine trying to sleep on the side with that. It's impossible. You got to. You gotta snap a picture of those when he when he puts this on and uh and publicly shame them. Um that would be funny. Well, I was thinking like when me and Pat have traveled with four junkie stuff, the most like when you talk about somebody waking you up in the morning, Pat has to get up really early, he's old and his bladder and all that stuff. But when he gets that he blow dries his hair, which he doesn't even have that much hair and he has a Georgia swoop. So I have to hear his freaking blow dryer going off in the morning, which is what, you know, I've had to, I've had to deal with, I guess the next time I deal with it, will be at the PGA show here in January. But that, that annoys yeah. me about Pat is blow drying his hair and the way he sleeps. He makes weird noises in his sleep. Very weird noises. You know, in that's one of the, the things that we don't run across much on the PGA tour because there's not that many female caddies. So the blow dryers really aren't <laughs> that big of an issue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I walked in. I guess swinging. I walked into that one. But, Coming out you know, swinging is T.J. Rice. I'm surprised you actually remembered that, baby. I mean, it's, yeah, because you know. I remember. I remember you, we were in the last hotel we stayed in or something. You were like, we're, you were like looking around the bathroom. I was like, what the hell are you looking for? And you're like, the blow dryer. And I'm like, for what? <laughs> is Sally here? And I didn't know about it. Jeez. Guess you never I have never to worry man. about that with Gino, though. No, you don't have to worry about that with Gino. Yeah, well, yeah, you don't have to. Yeah. I call him I call him Chief Half Moon because he has that you know he'll wear a snapback hat and he has that little half circle on the yeah. back of his head that's just a little it could be and just a white nugget unreal <laughs> great look great look you know great look that's awesome well we need to we need to get into um, your caddy situation the, the status of your caddy situation I w- we want you to fill us in on it because I'm sure everybody's thinking well who's he caddy for yeah I mean that's a natural question. You know, that's the first thing they want to know because, frankly, um, who gives a shit about a caddy, right? No, but uh, <laughs> when, it, yes. when it comes down to it, it's uh, it's nobody right now. Um, yeah, that's who I caddy for, myself. 
Okay. And, uh, no, but kind of bounced around this year. You know, I came, I came up through the web.com tour with the same guy. We went through half the PGA tour season. I was lucky enough within 24 hours of, you know, the first time I was fired. Seems like so long ago. Uh, I had a job within 24 hours. Was back on the tour, never missed an event, and finished out the regular season last year. So at the end of the season, you have the web.com tour finals for those guys that finished outside the 125. And uh, I may have set a record. I was fired going from the tour back to the web.com tour finals. I'm not sure what I did. But um, that actually happened. Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> okay. So who I was the first guy? Who was the first guy you started with from the web, and you got your way up? You know, the first guy I worked with, uh, Ryan Brem. He's actually a Michigan guy. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that started with uh, his brother-in-law. He's a great friend of mine, and we were just chatting it up, and uh, and they wanted somebody that they could travel with, and. So we went out on the road on the web, you know, just as I had no, dude, I had no idea what I was doing. I mean, I'm, I'm working a job back here in Michigan for my family, uh, in the funeral industry, complete polar opposite Ooh. of what's going on now. In the uh, funeral industry, by the way. Uh, it's okay. Okay. And, uh, but, but you literally never caddied for any other mini tour or anything until, and you went from. You went from the funeral business to web.com? Exactly. Wow. Yeah, it, was, uh, it was wild. I mean, golf's always been a big part of my life. And I played a little bit in college. Um, I don't know if we could say played, but I guess I was on the roster. I mean, I've always been a golf nut. But for that matter, we just, I don't even know how anything happened. But, but his, Ryan Brem's brother-in-law was, was my roommate. And, uh, he had just got through Q school for the first time and went out and worked for him. The nicest guy in the world. I mean, we traveled around. We actually stayed together that whole entire web.com season. Yeah. We're splitting rooms. You know, when his wife would come, obviously I'd grab a different room, but for the most part, we were just traveling together nonstop doing that whole summer grind on web for God knows what it is. 12 rounds or uh, 12 weeks out of 13 weeks. We had tournaments. It's crazy. I'm surprised you're not in the plantar boot after that. That's pretty brutal. <laughs> um, I have a lot of questions about that because, like, we've talked yeah. to, we've we've had a number of tour caddies on, and we've tried to. I feel like we've asked some questions of some guys before to help the listener understand what, like, the level of of like work that that a tour caddy does and so to me it's very it's shocking like even if you come from golf and you love golf and you play collegiately and all that stuff like i'm sure there were a lot of things that you learned uh or you didn't know when it came to caddying at a professional level or mistakes you made because you just didn't know or i'm sure there's a lot of trial by fire but that is like i would love for you to communicate if you can like some of those things um, I caddied two holes for Steven Bowditch in the Players Championship a year and a half ago on in, on a Friday round on a, in the second round, and I was terrified, like absolutely terrified, and couldn't. And I caddied part time as like a part time thing at Augusta National, and I, I didn't know how to rake a bunker on the professional level. <laughs> like I, it was bad. So 
So I don't think people understand like the pressure and the things that you guys have to do. And I can't imagine walking into that like off the street, basically, and getting into that. So talk about some of that stuff, like the stuff you learned and the stuff that people just don't understand. Well, I, I would say that the most ridiculous part of it was I literally finished up working at the family business on Friday. And the next week I'm in Indiana. So we're down at uh, Victoria National. Victoria, yeah. Yeah. Down in Evansville. And it's a, yeah, I mean, just a great golf course to start at. I'm like, holy crap, these golf courses are nice. Granted, it ended up being like one of the top two golf courses on the whole web.com tour schedule. But but from that matter, I had absolutely zero idea what I was doing. I mean, think about it. If you go back to, you know, junior golf through, through college golf, I never looked at a yardage book in my life until yeah. I stepped on the golf course in that tournament, you know, and, and it is like, it's, you're looking at the sprinkler head, it's 156, but it's actually 140 to the front. Okay. 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 Now we have math. Uh, the pins on 17. Okay. Divide by the reciprocal. And then right. you're trying to, but the thing is, I'm so, I'm so stressed out under just the whole atmosphere that those simple things are now confusing. I mean, obviously yeah. anybody can say, yeah, you had a 17 to a 140. That's 157, I think, bud. But <laughs> it's different when, <laughs> when you're out there under the gun. I have no idea what I'm doing. Zero experience. I haven't gone out, you know, now I'm on the golf course two or three days prior to the event, I'm walking around checking sprinkler heads, making sure, okay, this one actually does say 156 on it. And it actually is 140 to the front. Before, I'm just grabbing the book off the shelf. And, you know, granted, the web.com tour is amazing, but the quality of the book is yeah. subpar to what we have on the PGA Tour. Yeah. So there's a lot of missing information. Um, there was a lot of times where I had to look over at Ryan and you feel like absolute zero. I mean, you, you, you have to look at him and say, I don't have this. Now he's sitting in the middle of a tournament in the fairway and his caddy doesn't know how far he is from the green. I mean, that's yeah. not a good feeling in, you know, in hindsight, what was I going to do? I mean, we both went into it knowing I had yeah. absolute zero for experience. But, uh, you know, it's just some of the, you know, some of the things that caught me off guard and, uh, were interesting to deal with, but, uh, you know, there's a lot of guys out there that have been around for a while. I'm talking on the web.com tour, you have caddies that have been on the PGA tour for 14 years. Maybe their player retired or maybe he just, you know, lost his card and decided, you know, that's enough for me. So they're back on the web.com tour. These guys have more experience than anybody else out there, including the players at that point. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's those guys mean the world to you as a caddy. I mean, like they, they, they would help you with everything with, Hey man, we need to go over here and check this yardage. I know it's a little off in the small things and, uh, that help keep you on track and, and get you to really learn what the job's all about. I remember now that you mention it, one of the, I don't even know that I've told Pat this, but 
the day that I caddied for Bowda, it was on a restart for the second round of the players. So it was on a Saturday morning, and we're standing at our tee, number eight, waiting for the horn to blow. And Bowda's like going through the bag, and he's talking me through what we're going to do and all this stuff. And I remember he's like going through the bag looking for something. And I'm like, what are you looking for? And he's like, I'm looking for my book, my yardage book. And in my head, I'm going, dear God, do not let him hand me that yardage book. Because there is no way. <laughs> and after he looked for it for a few minutes, he was like, well, freaking, you know, Neil, Neil must have taken it. Neil took it. I don't have it. So I don't have a book. But he was like, I mean, he was clearly, he was way off the cut line anyway. I'm like, there was mathematically impossible for him to make a cut. So I don't even know. But I, I just remember that was the first big sigh of relief that I would not have to navigate a, a PGA Tour yardage book. It's just, it's nuts. Um, so is the reason you and you and Ryan separated? Is it was it kind of an experience thing? Like he got onto the tour and then it was, he kind of just wanted somebody who just had more experience, or what was it? You know, I, I worked twelve or fifteen events for him, and I think the fact that he even took me from the Web dot com tour up to the PGA tour was kind of a blessing in itself. You know, there's different yeah. guys out there. You got to learn the ropes. You got to meet the people because when you do need a job out there, if you don't know anybody. Good luck. Yeah. You know, I mean, so it gave me time to, to get to know the people, get involved in, in some of the activities that the caddies do, and uh, which ultimately led to me being able to stay out there. And I think, you know, I think the biggest part is what we went through that year. And, and trust me, I mean, I, I, I could call him right now. He's, he's a great guy. There's nothing between us, you know, as far as negativity. but. The I'm trying to think here. The uh, I guess the biggest thing is you go through a lot of experiences on the golf course, and with my lack of knowledge at the time, it probably put him in a lot of predicaments that he wouldn't have been in with a more experienced caddy. You know, for instance, when you're coming down in the stretch and you have, we'll we'll say Portland, he won you know, at, at Pumpkin Ridge in Portland right at the end of the season, which ultimately gained him his tour card. We get down to the last hole and I'm standing there out of my mind. Yeah. You know, if you could imagine, I have so many emotions running through my head because I've gone this whole year. We, we haven't been in the hunt much. Uh, you know, the week before, I think he finished T3, which was an amazing experience in itself. But an experienced tour caddy is going to have a backup game plan for that scenario in his book. He's going to have thought through, okay, if we're coming down the stretch, this is how we're going to play the hole. And I'm standing there like an absolute idiot, just saying nothing. You know, and in hindsight, it, I learned so much that week. Yeah. But I could imagine how a you know, an experienced tour caddy would have been of value in that moment. You know, someone that might have thought through the scenario that this is a tough little par five, you know, we gotta we gotta hit a good shot out there that avoids all the hazards, hit a layup shot, knock it up by the green. Whatever the game plan may have been, but from my standpoint, I never even thought of it. Yeah. You know, I mean it's just something you don't think about as an amateur golfer or as you just don't get in those kind of scenarios. So 
you, yeah. all of a sudden you're standing there and there's a, you know, a, a big fuzzy microphone in your face and, uh, in a camera and the camera guy's kind of looking at you funny because you're not flashing him what club he's hitting. And all I'm worried about <laughs> is 138 plus seven is 145. 138 plus seven is 145. And he's in, the dude hit every shot on the flag coming in. It was just absolutely ridiculous to watch. But, you know, that it's just one of those scenarios where you realize, holy crap, I have so much to learn, and yeah. I need to figure it out quick. I want to know so, about, you know, one of the things that, when I think of a caddy, the biggest thing I think about besides, you know, picking out a yardage or whatever is, is reading the green. So, you know, what is the give and take there for most players and caddies on tour? Like, I mean, are, are most caddies reading the greens and give them the exact read or, or the read they feel like, or are the, you know, is it mostly the players? You know, what what, you know, what do you see out there as far as, as how the the greens are get, getting read? And then on top of that, like, how would you even, like, David, now, David, you might think this is a dumb question, but I just want to know, like, how do you practice reading green? I mean, besides just being on the green, and, but, but, like, beforehand, like, do you go out and roll balls on every hole? I mean, just kind of talk about that a little bit. Well, the, the big part about it is, you know, I mean, putting is such a field game. You have to, you have to understand, too, that, each individual where they see themselves aligned isn't necessarily where they're stroking the golf ball to. So in, and it's more so on the amateur level. So imagine a caddy going up there where he's trying to relate this putt to something, to one of his experiences. But I bet you, if you lined us caddies up, we are hitting the ball where we think we are. So trying to pick a spot or judge. I mean, that is one thing, but it, more or less comes down to a reassurance factor. For the most part, a player's going to go up there. These are the best in the world at their craft. So a player's going to go up there, they're going to look at the putt and say, you know, I, I see it right here. And if they call you in, it's because they're not quite sure and they're looking for some sort of reassurance or a complete opposite answer. You know, if the guy's telling me he sees it four inches outside the hole, I'm not going to say it's five. Because I'd rather have him, you know, put a confident role on that, uh, on where he sees. So most of it comes from the player. You know, I try to rely more on facts. So in my pocket, I'm going to have a book that shows the slopes on the green where I can go back, you know, triangulate my way off of uh, sprinkler heads that are placed along the green, use the pin sheet, try to find out where that pin is on. And I'm going to use these contour books and try to provide facts rather than, than an observation from myself. It's just more accurate, and I can be more confident, confident in delivering that to the player. I mean, if the guy steps up and he sees the line, there's no way in heck he's going to look back at me or, or another caddy and say, what do you think? He's just going to get up and hit the putt. I mean, it's just like anything else you do. If you're confident, ensuring yourself, that's more important than information. That's what I would do, David, if you were caddying for me, by the way. I would just, I'd probably just, I, I really, I don't even think I would let you read a putt, but if I needed you, I would let you know, David, okay? Great, great. Well, lucky for me, I'll never have to do that for you. <laughs> um, okay, so let's let's fast forward. So you, 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 
you and Ryan part ways. You so within 24 hours, then is that when you said you got picked up, and that was with Nicholas Lindheim? No, that was with uh, Brett Druitt. Oh, Brett Druitt. Gotcha. Yeah, and I ended, ended up working the the rest of the uh, 2017 season with Brett. You know, and been pretty fortunate as far as working for nice guys. Actually, I was just out uh, just out last week in Scottsdale, and Brett and I played around at the uh, yeah, I saw that at the stadium course. You know, and just had a riot out there. What a dime you dropped on sixteen out there, bud. Yeah, I saw three that. feet. Did you make the putt? Um, by my surprise, you know, I even stated it in the video that it was almost a guaranteed yip, but, uh, no, it, I rolled it in. I rolled it in and, uh, probably the highlight of my life. Really? I love it. I love it. Uh, That's yeah. Such a fun time out there. Are are they already building those stands? I know that did seem early to have all the stands up. You know, I asked the same thing. I'm like, why did why are they building these things already? Why wouldn't they just leave them up? And apparently, I mean, this is caddy knowledge, so you can't take it for real. Caddy embellishment, as Uncle Kip would say. Uh, <laughs> no, they they said that uh, for tax reasons, they actually have to tear it down. So, what? yeah, they said if, if you were to leave all those stands up, it would be a permanent structure, and they'd have to pay taxes on that property. Ah, so they tear it down every hmm. year, but there's only a few months out of the year where there's actually nothing there. So after Brett drew it was Nicholas Linhan, is that right? Yeah, just worked uh, briefly for him. I worked the the Web dot com Tour Championship and in uh, subbed in a couple times this fall for him. Worked the uh, yeah the Shriners and then worked Mayakoba as well. And so this is, you said earlier, like, this is kind of the season where caddies and players tend to part ways. So is that like, and, and you talked about knowing people to get another bag. Are you talking about, like, getting to know other caddies really well or players or both? Like, are you are you ever out? I mean, like, I know you're not out there, like, nobody's out there, like, trying to steal a bag from another guy. But, I mean, obviously, if you make a good impression in a group with another player, right? Like, doesn't that... If a guy's not really sure he's going to hang on to the guy he's got, but he remembers TJ Rice and he remembers playing with you at some event that you were caddying for another guy, like does that does that help, or is that what you're talking about, or is it more of the caddy network that gets you that next bag? You know, it's uh, I wouldn't go to that. I mean, I guess for myself, it, it's a little bit different, but I have a lot of respect for the guys out there. I mean, I I am a rookie in yeah all senses of the word. So, so when I'm out there, I just try to respect everybody I'm around. And, uh, you know, if someone doesn't have a caddy, then I may approach them and say, you know, and ask for a job or see if maybe, you know, I can fill in a couple events and see if, uh, see if it works out in the long run. But I would, if, if someone's already has, you know, if they already have a caddy employed, that's off limits as far as I'm concerned. I mean, it's yeah. just nothing I want to get in the middle of, and there's no way in heck I'd ever approach anyone or, or say anything that was in that circumstance. But uh, obviously, the more you're out there, the more you get to know players, the more you interact with them. And, you know, when you're working for rookies on the PGA Tour as well, there's almost a little bit of segregation. So you're not really around half of the field because they're getting yeah. premium tea times. They're getting that 7 a.m. tea time. They're getting that noon tea time. 
where we're at the back of every field. You know, we're teeing off in the last two or three groups of every wave that goes out. So by the yeah. time we get in there to practice, they're already out on the course. So we don't have that interaction with, you know, the core group of tour players that have been out there for years and years and years. Now we run into them on the weekend when we make the cut, and it's all about, yeah. you know, what position you're in at that point. But I would say that's the biggest thing is having your friends out there that caddy, you know, they can talk to a player that might be looking around and say, hey, you know, my buddy's sitting at home right now, you know, just itching to get back out here. Do you want to talk to him? And that's about as basic, you know, as it is. Yeah. So there, you don't have like Tinder for caddies. Like, if you know, like swipe left, swipe right. <laughs> yeah. That would be awesome. <laughs> you know, it's a thought, but it, it would be probably the most unattractive group of pictures anyone's ever seen well, in their life. I mean, that would be not, you're, not buying the, you're not buying the good <laughs> look. You got to. Uh, so, well, that that was that, that actually kind of leads into my next question. Like, my question is this, DJ: If I'm a player, what do you tell me when I say, "Why should I hire you as a caddy?" What's your what's your like? Sell me right now on that. The first thing I would say is that you'll never have to worry about where I am. I'll always be at the course an hour before you're there. So if you decide that you finished breakfast early and you want to go out, oh, I'm at the course. I mean, I'm just one of those guys that Boom. no matter what, I get there early. And other than that, what the heck else can I possibly say? I understand the game of <laughs> yeah. golf. You know, mm-hmm. I understand the game of golf. I understand how wind affects the golf ball. And the biggest thing for me, though, is caddies and players have to match up personality-wise. Yeah. You have yeah. to have an open floor for communication. And if at, at any point that breaks down, you're done. I mean, if there's too much pressure on you, if if you're only asked a question when it's under the, you know, under the heat and, and you respond and it's the wrong answer and you get it, you have to go with your gut. I mean, you can't just fabricate an answer that your player would probably appreciate to hear. You have to tell them facts. Yeah. You know, and once that barrier is broken down to where you, you feel like you can't tell them facts anymore because of the repercussions, then that's usually what would lead to uh a caddy player breakup. Yeah, it sounds like, you know, based on our conversations with other caddies, that the, the being on time thing and, and, you know, being readily available and ready to go is a big deal. So I'm, I'm sure that's, uh, that's, that's important. And we've also, like, I mean, you talked to, like, we've had Michael Collins on who caddied for a little while. And then, of course, Kip Henley is just a nut. I mean, both of those guys. He's my nut, though. He, yeah, well, he's, Love that dude. He is a hilarious guy. But like I was watching when I was watching him, um, you know, I was watching him and Austin Cook finish up the RSM and I'm thinking like I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, man, Austin Austin has to be a certain type of guy to have Kip Henley on the back <laughs> because Kip is is a talker, he's funny, he's probably gonna keep you loose, he's not gonna be I mean, I'm just assuming that's how he operates, and I and I gotta feel like that's kind of what you, that's what you're getting. I know Michael Collins talked about that when he got on bags early in his career. He was like, "Listen, you know, guys hired me because they they needed somebody to to make them laugh and to loosen them up and like not be a robot out there." And that was kind of the benefit I brought. Some guys wanted that, some guys didn't. Like based on what we know of you, I could see you being a guy who is good at like keeping guys relaxed and, and, you know, 
having a having a laugh when it's appropriate but like but doing your job is that is that accurate or are you a little more serious when you get on the course i mean i do have times when i'm serious but I, that's the quality that I, that i have to offer you know is more so keeping a relaxed environment um not being overly because i love to keep communication flowing and i know as a fault of my own that when it starts to shut down you start to second guess yourself, you know, do I need to speak up in this moment? Is this like a life or death situation here? I mean, if, if this player hits this club and hits it well, we're fine. But if, you know, I'm thinking in my gut, it's one left. We got to hit one left here. But if you've conflicted so much throughout a round that maybe communicating that is worse than just letting the scenario play out, that's when you, that's the problem right there. When you get to that situation, it's over. You have to be able to communicate clearly. You have to be able to speak your mind. And uh, so far for me, I can't speak for other caddies, but that's been my downfall as far as working out here is is communication breakdown. Yeah. Good stuff, there's man. Defi- well, there's definitely guys, you know, like Chip, though, you know, as, as he would say, he's dumb, but he's not stupid. He acts, he acts and acts. That dude is golf, more golf smart than, than anybody I've ever talked to in my life. I mean, you go yeah. out and play around the golf with him, he'll have you dissected in 12 minutes and know everything that you're doing wrong. But he won't tell you, but after the round, if you want to listen, he'll educate you. He knows his stuff. Yeah, obviously a great player, too, um, in his uh, before, before he started caddying. So, um, it's a funny dude. He's a, he's great Twitter follow. Um, okay. Well, I kind of want to get into some native area stuff. Pat, are you good with that? I'm good with it. Um, are you still with us, Pat? Are you still there? I'm still here. I I was, uh, just, uh, refreshing some podcast keys. Okay. And that, that actually is a great point. That actually is a great point. We need to, before we get into the native area, we need to discuss podcast use. So, uh, CJ, I know, I know you know the drill. What's the podcast use of choice for you this evening? Uh, this evening, I'm going with a bullet bourbon. Mm. Straight? Not bad. No, 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 sir. No, I, I have to drive no? tomorrow. So uh, oh. we're going with a little Diet Coke in there. Okay. Ooh. A little, little Diet Pop. You say pop or soda? I say pop, unless I'm yeah, talking to you guys. I probably say soda because I'm conscious of it. No, you just say deep. Coke. Yeah, I think both are terrible. Actually, oh, that's, that's, are... how you, that's how y'all do it down there, isn't? It? Yeah, yeah. Um, everything is Coke if it's carbonated. Yeah, everything's Coke. <laughs> um, so bullet bourbon. That's one of my favorites. Pat, what do you got tonight? What do you got? Little red wine, Dino tonight red wine night tonight with dj on the pod you weren't gonna get any you weren't gonna get anything a little little stronger a little stiffer no that's that's just what i decided to go with mm. okay uh, so red wine on the podcast blow dry the hair uh what else do we have <laughs> <laughs> one of our one of our listeners got you're gonna get a label that. here before the end of it yeah, I'm already la- I'm already labeled. I'm already labeled. Don't worry. Don't you worry about. We that. had a we had a listener leave us a voicemail a couple weeks ago and piss him off because they talked about his name being a girl name, Pat. You know, so 
kind of oh. that. Well, it's Pat. It's Pat. Yeah, right. Saturday Night Live. Yeah. yeah. Girl, yeah, whatever. already beat the tar out of that one. Um, I am right now. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm drinking a little Tito's tonight. I got some Tito's, some lime, and a little splash of LaCroix. That's what I got going on right now. LaCroix. Okay, well, very nice. Also, yeah, found. yeah, that's that's so manly. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I know. I knew that was coming. However, however, if you if you guys want to, you know, maybe dabble in some some more masculine drinks, maybe some some rare flavors from around the world that are hard to find. TJ, do you know where you go for that? I have no idea. Could you please? Tell Would us? you like to know? Yes, I'm glad yeah, you absolutely. asked. Absolutely. Flavior dot com. Flavior.com, F-L-A-V-I-A-R, is the world's largest online club for spirit enthusiasts, TJ. Now, you had asked us before the podcast, what what in the world is Flavior.com? It's basically like a subscription service for high-end bourbons, vodkas, gins, rums, any spirit that you like. Flavior.com has it. These guys know their stuff. They help you. Uh, discover, experience, you know, different spirits in all these new ways. They have over 15,000 spirits at their disposal. Now, here's the deal. You join this membership thing, right? Like, you pay $60. It's only 60 bucks for for one quarter or 210 for the year. You get a little discount if you do the year. And every quarter, they send you a box of hand-selected fine spirits. Okay? And you can go in there and say, I want bourbons or I want whiskeys or I want vodkas or whatever. And they'll Taylor made you know Taylor make one just for you, right? Then if you really like them, you can buy them off the website at a discount. And if they're really rare and hard to find, this is one of the coolest parts to me. This is like a membership, okay? DJ, are you still with me? I, oh yeah, I'm okay. All right, this is one of the coolest parts. They have this. They have the vault, right? So once a month, they send a, a, a notification to all the members and say that the vault is open. And when the Ooh. vault is open, you have exclusive access to these fine liquors from around the world and you can go and pluck them from the vault and buy them for yourself and they're very hard to find it's really cool they have they have an app that they call like the imdb of spirits you can look up all kind of stuff like what it's paired well with you can you can keep track of your own bar like this this thing is is killer so um they've opened up the membership list for us if you go to flavr.com slash exclusive and use the coupon code Poor Junkies, all one word. You can get in and try out the Slay VR experience. And like I said, you only have to commit to like one quarter if you want. If you want to pay the sixty bucks, you get in for a quarter, and you see if you like it. And then if you like it, you sign up for the year. It's it's just it's super easy. Pat and I have a box on the way. Pat, do you have yours yet? I don't have mine yet. I don't have mine yet, but I cannot. Wait. I need looking on my front doorstep every day. Yeah. Like I, I want some, I want some Pappy Van Winkle and coming at me, and they have it in the well, vault. You gotta wait for the vault. Stuff. Yeah, you gotta wait for the vault to open for that. I know. So TJ, that that sounds like that sounds like it's up your alley, right? That sounds like home to me, and it sounds like I wouldn't need <laughs> to go with a quarterly selection. I could just sign up for the year right off the bat. Do the yearly? Yeah, the yearly. It's a no brainer. You get you get a box of these things that nobody's ever heard of, and. These guys know their stuff. They've been doing it for for a while. They're not. It's not some new fly by night thing. These guys are legit. So flaviar dot com f l a v i a r dot com slash exclusive. And the podcast juice segment brought to you by flaviar dot com. 
And let's, I say we get into the native area, Pat, just a few, you know, we've kind of peppered TJ with some caddy stuff, some serious stuff. We got, we got a few nuggets on travel and Gino and his plantar boots and all that weird stuff. I, I want to hit TJ with some funnier stuff. Some I lighter like I've, stuff. I've never been so serious in my life. Well, don't quit being serious then. Quit being serious. All right. We're going to go in the Stop native asking area. asking the question. All right. What do we got? <laughs> yeah. All right, Pat, you want to start or you want me to start? No, you go ahead. All right. You, you're gonna, on a roll. I'm just going to look in our, in our big, big bulging native area question bank, and I'm just going to pull some questions that I'm, I'm usually too afraid to ask, like big-time tour pros. Players. Yeah. TJ, have you ever been in a fist fight? Yeah, absolutely. When, when was the last time you were in a fist fight? Seventh grade. It was seventh man, grade. Still on. Still, still weighs heavy on my heart. But <laughs> what? I what happened? A couple good you, ones. You did. You landed a couple blows. Yeah, yeah. It, it sent me home for a week. So yeah, I, I never understood that process either. I mean, well, I you do something dumb in school and they send you home for a week. I'm like here, yeah, go hang out at home and play video games. All right. Done. All right. Thanks for the vacay. Yeah, right. What's your what's your favorite funny movie? Favorite funny movie. Um, you know what the thing is about movies? That's all I watch is comedy. I cannot stand a serious movie. Love I don't it. want to deal with it. Not going to put up with it. But I don't remember them the second I walk out. So if I had to say what? favorite, you know, yeah. I mean, I, I just completely forget them. I don't know what it is, but. The hell is wrong with you? It's just comic relief for me. So, okay. it, you know, I, I'd have to say if if I picked a favorite, it was it's going to be the dumbest of the dumb. It's going to be something Adam Sandler. You know, I mean, I yeah. love my Happy Gilmore. I I, I love Billy Madison. Yeah. Those kind of movies because yeah, that's all it does is is clears my mind. Billy Madison, I think, is my favorite Happy, uh, my favorite Adam Sandler movie. Pat, what's your favorite Adam Sandler movie? Uh, I would probably say. Yeah, I'd probably go Billy Madison. Any celebrity that you could punch in the face without consequence, who would it be? Gilbert Gottfried. It's just it's a face thing, though. So annoying. Just, <laughs> but it's Gilbert just a Gottfried. face. I'm more of like a face person. When I see a face that I want to punch, it sticks it's with a punchable me. face. Yeah, and it's, apparently it's you don't do you don't see a lot of them. You haven't done it since seventh grade. Well, yeah, I mean, I have self control. When it comes to punching okay, people, kid. I mean, maybe not when it comes to other things, but, you know, come on. I, um, I, no, it's my turn, David. You're all right. Hey, hold on. Over. Hold on. Pat, while, while you do that, all right, I want you to ask a few of them because I need to go refill. All right. Get refill. All right. TJ, get into some real stuff here. Um, what you got? Have you ever caddied hungover? Yeah. Next question. And how did it get, How did your player go? <laughs> you know, it. I never caddied like hungover in the sense of not that you like were out to like three o'clock the the, the the night before, but you know, like you like you may you know you, you may have been hanging out with your player that night the night before and had a few no comment, no comment, <laughs> no. I mean, <laughs> it's a known fact. I mean, I like to have a beverage or two, but. I, dude, I just don't let that interfere with work. And it's, it's hard to believe, but in my time off, yeah, I like to screw around, but 
there's nothing worse in the world than trying to walk around with a 50 pound bag on your back and it's 94 degrees outside with a hangover. I mean, if you can so even make focused. it around the course at that point, it's, yeah, it's, it's not about being focused. It's about, you just physically can't do that. It may have happened yeah, back in the tough. day, but it's a little serious out there now to be pulling that stunt. Okay. So then here's my next question. Cause this, this, this can't be controlled. Like you can control whether or not you drink the night before you're getting caddy or whatever, but what do you, I've asked players this, like, what do you do when you got to take a big old shit during the middle of the round? Like, how are you, what's the process here? Are you like, is there a caddy portalette? I mean, have you ever had this happen? Like you've had an emergency or like, what, what do you do here? Cause I, Dude, I need to know. I'm an old, I'm an old guy. I'm 40 years old now. If I was caddy yeah. on tour, I would have to map that out for the entire, like, the entire time I'm there at the tournament. I would, I want to know every place that I can, I can take an emergency shift. Well, I tell you what, you learn a morning <laughs> routine after a while that involves black coffee and Kodiak, and it is virtually fail-proof. I mean, that will get the job done every time. But let me tell you, Yikes. it happens. It happens when you're out there in. It's just like anything else. I mean, if you're in if you're in a place for five hours, which is, I would say, is probably an average two around, it's going to happen. You just got to look at your player and say, hey, man, right after you hit this drive, I'm going to run over there and use that little facility, and we'll see you up by your golf ball. So, bon voyage. You know, there's nothing you can do at that point. You know, you can fake it, hold it as much as you want, but it does get worse than that. And where it gets worse than that is in Mexico. Oh, oh yes, 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 yes. Okay, okay, okay. I wanted to ask you about this because <laughs> Pat and I talked about this on the podcast. What is wrong with you people in Mexico? Like, I've been to Mexico. I've never had Montezuma's Revenge or whatever it was you called it because you don't drink the water. You don't get drinks with the ice in it. Like, what makes all of you guys who are well-traveled people just get jacked up every time you go out there? Well, I think it's a it's a numbers game at that point. You got to think we have what 150 caddies and 150 players. So if seven or eight out of 300 go down, I mean, that's what it is. You at guys that are point, dropping like flies at the OHL. I mean, I, Justin, I don't think it was that bad, but and I don't know too because my roommate Gino was just an absolute mess when I showed up on Monday, <laughs> and I'm not sure if he had some sort of flu or brought something along with him, and I just caught on to that, or if it was Montezuma's exactly at that point. But either way, <laughs> the symptoms were similar, let me tell you. And there's nothing worse than when you start a round in the morning and you have to look at your player and say, if I run, just let me go. Just watch it. Because <laughs> I, I, I mean, got to go. I don't, I, I don't know, man. Like, Justin was like top 10 and withdrew. <laughs> That's how bad it was. You know, I'm thinking, like, did you just, did you just guzzle tap water in Mexico? I mean, use bottled no, I mean, water the entire time. Wait, I'm brushing, I'm brushing my teeth with bottled water. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't think I consumed a single vegetable down there the whole time I was there. Maybe some avocado, but I mean, that's not really, yeah. you're going to, you're going to run through the water anyway. But I think that's the case where you just, you know, maybe maybe the facility that you're at, most of the restaurants down there clean their water. 
so what they're using to clean the vegetables, it's, it's not something that's going to affect you, but I could see how there might be a little sanitary, you know, slip up because their health codes aren't the same. People use their hands to, you know, to touch raw vegetables and make a sandwich down there. So it might not be the water. It might Yikes. be the actual way the food is handled. I think before the WGC be Mexico, no, no, no. I, I think before the WGC Mexico, Pat, me and you should make like a PSA video for all the tour players because the, the PJ Tour is not doing their not doing what they need to do to take care of their players and caddies because this is just unbelievable. I, I mean, I've been to Mexico plenty of times and I've never had this happen. But you guys over there, you're you're sending us videos with caddy ass and struggling to walk down the streets like it's <laughs> Gino, Gino, God, don't through the, the night. night. I mean, what are you going to do? Eat like protein bars the whole week? Because I'm pretty sure that would do the same thing. If I, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's just, it's weird. Like Pat and I were talking about, it, we're like, how, what is wrong with these guys? They just, you just have to know you can't do that. But whatever, maybe it's not that. Maybe it's more complex than that. We'll give you the benefit of the doubt. Sorry. What's your yeah, favorite guilty, like, give me a guilty pleasure music option for Gino. I mean, for, for not for Gino, I don't care about Gino, for TJ. A guilty pleasure? Like guilty pleasure. something yeah. I'm going to listen to but not listen to in front of my buddies because yeah. it'll make yeah. me about as masculine as Pat. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That would be, <laughs> dude, John Mayer. The guy absolutely threads the guitar. You know, he... He does do that. Everything, you know, even when I was in high school, I started playing John Mayer stuff and learning learning yep. his songs and it just followed him as he's evolved too through his music and I love listening to John Mayer. And I'd How old are you, TJ? 31. Okay, all right. So yeah, you were you were doing the, you were running through the halls of your high school screaming at the top of your lungs, John Mayer, back in the you day. Know, my Body is a Wonderland? Come on! That song got me like all sorts of stuff in high school. Yeah, yeah. And, and obviously you play guitar, so I mean, the John Mayer game on guitar, if you're a single dude, is is totally legit. Top five in the world, for sure. Yeah, like, more power to you. I'm I'm good with that. You're at a casino on the road. What's your what's your game of choice? Hundred percent craft. Oh, you're a craft guy. Yeah, but but I have an issue now. I want to learn how to play that. Oh, it's I not love that crap. complicated. Totally with, it's not complicated at all. David, you, 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 can, you can figure it out. But the thing the thing is, you know, we, we were out there and uh, unfortunately had a miscut, but I hung around all weekend. And I sit down. You know, I'm staying at the, at the Marriott there right next to the course that has a casino. And I'm in there hanging out at this uh, video kino machine, playing this thing for a quarter of a push. Thinking, you know what, I'm gonna milk these guys for like seventeen Bud Lights on a twenty dollar bill. This is the best bargain going. So I'm sitting there poking away, poking away, and playing six numbers, bam, hit, pays me sixteen hundred quarters. Nice. One quarter bet. So that's four hundred dollars <laughs> ROI. Huge return on investment right there. Major ROI. Yeah. yeah. Boom. So I push it five or six times, it happens again. That's eight hundred dollars. <laughs> I am on a heater, boys, on the Kino machine, next to Gertrude and Maud, 
in the back corner of the casino. You know, they've smoked 42 Pall Malls. I'm sitting there inhaling them all. I'm higher than a kite. It is absolutely ridiculous. And you're so by yourself? Said, you know like, none of your boys are with you? Dude, no, my boys are, like, out on the course making money and shit. I don't know. But, uh, so, funny as hell, I kick it up to 10 numbers. I'm like, well, if you can hit 6, you can hit 10, right? The odds only go up, you know, infinitely high. So, I hit it a few more times. I hit 8 out of 10, and it paid me, like, another 1,000 quarters. So, I cashed this thing out at a grand. I put a $20 bill in it. That'll never happen again. Yeah, but that video kino is kind of a passion of mine right now. Not surprised. <laughs> <laughs> video kino, yikes! Got it. Yikes! I yeah. think I saw I that. Mean, you got to put up with the, the cigarette day. smoke. You got to put up with the the oxygen machine running simultaneously with the cigarette smoke, which can also be a bomb. But uh, yeah, I guess it's just <laughs> part of the risk I'm willing to take. Wow. Well, I mean, are you all about that Keno I'm life? I'm so glad I asked that question. You're not going to play a casino game, um, DJ, but you know, you, you do like to gamble a little bit. Do you know where you should go to do that? I have no idea. Would you like me to tell I you? I should go. Absolutely. <laughs> I think, I think no you should go to mybookie.ag. That's right, mybookie.ag. Pat continues to slay it. On my bookie, congratulations, Pat! You just breaking my I bookie. Do. I had another another great weekend last weekend. Thank they're, you very they're, much. They're paying the bills for the podcast, but they're also paying Pat. Pat keeps winning. Go to mybookie.ag. You can bet on almost anything, including the next pope. That's right. So, DJ, if you have any inside info on who the next pope would be, you can you can take that to my bookie and not you know knock that down. Uh, but all the PJ tour bets you want, NFL, NBA, everything they've got it. The best mobile experience of any sportsbook account you can you can look at is is my bookie. So if you want to do it from your phone because you don't need your wife checking your search history on the family computer, you just go to your phone, knock it out. Super easy. They pay is out. That what quick. married life is like, right there. That is what married life. Yeah, is. yeah. Like for some, PJ. Okay, just for some. Got a variety of listeners here, so just in case. Okay, um, fair enough. But yeah, but yeah, they. My bookie, by the way, they pay, they pay out fast too. They Matt, have can I finish uh, the ad read before you interrupt. Sorry, I'm just going to say they have upped their game at my bookie. They have a better live betting than I that I have seen. So now, if you want to do some in game live bets, it is it's that's I love in game live bets. They up their you know, game there. I've, I've I've heard that my bookie also is you know they're really quick to resolve any disputes that you might have. So if maybe you had some issues. With uh, with some of the betting you are doing, you know they they have a great customer service program as well. That's exactly right, TJ. I'm glad yeah. you brought that up. I mean, um, yeah, extremely reliable, the concierge type service. They pay yeah. out quickly. Pat's already been paid out by them once. It's great. Yeah, that's always the key. And David has you want to make sure you can get your money. David has a lot of like issues because he'll think he won a bet just for no reason <laughs> at all, and he really lost. The, uh, well, they're very you, responsive you to that. Yes. If you don't have that MyBookie account, you can go to MyBookie.ag, sign up, and in the promo code box, put in TOUR100. TOUR100. You get a 50% deposit bonus right back at you. So you put in 100 bucks, they give you 50 So good deal. Check them out, MyBookie.ag. Love it. Amazing. But they don't have crap. They don't have crap. 
All right. Um, back to the native area, TJ. I would Dive like in. to know, you're a single guy. So yeah. have you, I want to know, like, have you picked up any, any, any women on tour? Like while you've been caddying, like any, are you, you know, if you see a young lady might be with a group of girlfriends, maybe by herself at a golf tournament, maybe a practice round. Cause I know you're taking it real serious Thursday through Sunday, but is there any certain move that's your go-to move or had any success dating while, while caddying on the PGA tour? You know, I, 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 I'm just not much of a ladies man. I guess I get kind of nervous when I talk to girls. So it, I struggle a little bit in that aspect. You know, I, I've tried, but, but, you know, it's just not something I've ever been very successful at. Yikes. Just that, Yikes. Just I hear just you, that, man. Just ask Gino. Oh, is that, will he, will he verify that? He's seen you struggle a little bit? Yeah, it's almost embarrassing. I have to, sometimes I have to steal the FaceTime from him so I can cry into Holly's ear about how rough my <laughs> neck was and how many times I are got you, rejected. Are you getting dating advice from Holly? Is she trying to help you out? She's supportive. I don't. I don't think she really wants to support that kind of habit, though. Right, she's right. Out there in Idaho, looking for a wife for me. Idaho All this tells me is that TJ, you need to come down and hang out with David and I, and and we we will. Yikes! Yikes! We're we will make that. We don't. TJ does not need to hang out with us like that. No, that but yeah, I, that's that's why we're the perfect wingman. Like we're the perfect wingman for TJ. Yeah, you know, I, I, I think I'd rather take my chances on my own. Yeah, <laughs> just a thought, but pure, pure honesty in the native area. Pure honesty. Yeah, in the I mean, area. I, I'm guessing, I'm guessing there's nothing left for you guys. You know, you probably married way out of your league, and yeah, you yeah. caught that one in a million. And yeah, uh, that's true. That is very true. That is true. Um. I mean, that's a good line right there, TJ. I mean, like, if our wives listen to this, you're, they're, they're already liking some TJ Rice. So I think you got it in there, man. You got to tap into that. I mean, what's, like, what's the last wanna, thing? Like, you don't want to leave me alone with your wives. I'm just saying. <laughs> no, we won't. I'm not saying we will. I'm just saying if our wives listen to this. No, I'm, I'm saying you wouldn't, you would definitely not, not want to do that. What's the, like, can you tell us about a time you, you just got, like, shot down or, like, what happened? What's your, what's going on? Maybe we can help you. I, I don't really remember many scenarios where that happened, to tell you the truth. I, I may have been modest in that category. No. Um, honestly, it's, it's just like anything else. You're in, a, you're in a city for a split second. You're out there all day Monday, yeah. all day Tuesday. If you get a chance, you know, maybe Tuesday night, you go out for a little bit, you hang out. What could you possibly do in one night? Tell a girl, yeah, right, right. So on, uh, on Sunday, I'm going to fly out of here. Uh, what do you think about doing dinner in 12 months when I get back? <laughs> you know, like what, what do you even do in that scenario? So it, it's a little bit difficult, but, uh, you know, well, we figure it out. You're definitely, you're definitely not going to pick up chicks on the Kino table. So you need to probably back away from those. Well, I might have to pick that's them it. up and put them on a stretcher, but that's about it. The only thing I'd have to yeah. do. Yeah, peace advice number one. If you, st- if you step on her oxygen on her cannula cord, you're probably in trouble. Yeah. But there's a service button on the side of the Kino machine. Just tap that. There you go. Scoop her up. There you go. Um, well, you know, there's there's a ton of stories about, like, 
tour players or caddies like meeting their wives on tour. Like maybe they work for the tour, or they work for certain like members of the you know parts of the media. Baldo met his wife like that. Paul Pistori met his wife like that. Like, aren't there some aren't there some single ladies that are kind of on the same schedule, right? Like, is there is there is there any of those that come to mind? Do we need to help jog your you memory know, of who's out there? You know, I I have never met a girl that was actually part of the tour out there. There's All been right. when, there there has been a couple along the way that I've talked to and continue to talk to afterwards. But uh, you know, okay, just well, uh. I- I need to find myself here before I drag anybody else into this mess, right? <laughs> unless they want to move into my parent, unless they want to move into my parents' basement with me, with an unemployed husband. Uh, I'm, th- I'm thinking I might be off the market. <laughs> um, well, I mean, I'm just gonna say, I'm just gonna throw a name out there. Okay, I'm just gonna throw a name. Yeah, uh, Amanda Balliona. No idea who that is. Oh, DJ, see, this is your this is your problem, buddy. Like this is we we can help you with this. Amanda Balionis works. I think. Well, no, she works for Callaway, right, Pat? She works for Callaway. She follows us. She's a friend of the podcast. She works for Callaway, and she works for CBS. And CBS. She used to work for. So you know Taryn Schaefer, right? No idea. Okay. All right, DJ. I'm 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 no I'm I'm picking up on a little issue. Okay. Um, Taryn Schaefer works for the PJ Tour social media. She does their videos. You can't now. Taryn is engaged, um, but Amanda used to do her job for the PJ Tour. Now does works for Callaway and CBS. Okay, single. Okay, I'm- very not very nice. Loves golf. Big sports nut. Also a football fan. Um. So anyway, just just what just pocket that one. That's a free tip. You know, I, I'm just saying you guys are probably working strictly off of looks, right? She's probably some no, beautiful blonde. No. Nope. 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 You know, you know her. You know her personality. I'm yeah, not yeah, just referencing tweets like you've talked to the girl. Because you can't yeah, just set me up with some some random good looking girl. Like I mean it just doesn't life doesn't work that way. Not how longevity <laughs> no, is built. We, We've we've talked with her um, at PGA show. We talked to her at the PGA show for a good um, a good little while last year. Um, we have actually two years in a row. Two years in a row, we've talked. We've talked with her at the PGA she show. My terrible thing. Does she have? Uh, does she have more followers than you on Twitter? Yes, but that's uh, not hard to do when you're an attractive. I mean, when you're semi-attractive, you can be semi-attractive, and you have more followers than us on Twitter. So that's not did hard. Did you to just do. call her semi-attractive? No, I said I mean, you could what be. What if she heard this podcast? Oh, I just <laughs> she, <know>. she doesn't. <laughs> I said she could be. He's a little more than semi-attractive. Yeah, 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 yeah. She does. I feel like not dog. David. Are you a dog? Are you a dog person? Um, yeah, grew up with a couple of them in the house. Okay, so she's a big dog dog lover. So there you go. She, she what's her favorite kind of dog? Herself. She loves. Uh, what's her dog? Is it a Pug it's like a pug. Pug. Is that what it is? Yeah. It's a pug. Yeah. She's like a she likes a little like I I'm more of a French bulldog kind of guy. You know? Oh wait a minute. Actually she wait a minute, it is a French bulldog. I think it might be a French bulldog. It is a French bulldog. Are you guys playing matchmaker? Are you looking her up on Twitter right now? Is that why you said that? 
dude, I'm not an idiot, of course. Okay. <laughs> it is a French bulldog. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Yes, Frenchie. There you go. All right. So you see you see her now? Yeah. Yeah, that's right, out that's- of my league. They made a movie about that. Don't say that, man. Don't say that. If you saw our wife, no, you would say it the worked, same thing. It works out in the end. If you watch the movie, you'd know that. I don't know it what movie you're talking about. I don't bit. even know how you remember. You just said you don't remember any movie. Well, I remember that one because it kind of hit close to home. She's out of your league. <laughs> well, there you go. So we'll start planting that seed right now. Don't worry about it. We got you, dog. We got you. All right. Um, At least you have my back. All right. We'll, we'll get away from those questions. Um, all right, liquor or beer? You, you sound like you're a liquor guy. Or you? Well, you, no, said you also said you had a lot of Bud Lights during your keynote heater. Yeah, I mean, it just depends on the scenario. Bud Light is, you know, it's one of those things that you can carry on with. Liquor, you can have one or two, and then you have to call the podcast to quit. You know what I'm saying? I hear you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it just... I hear you. Yeah, kind of a quantity over quality guy, you know, so... It's good to go with a nice weak Bud Light here or there and uh, and just keep it rolling for a little bit. Gotcha. Hard to drink fast when you drink cocktails. <laughs> Don't sell that to Pat. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> um, Our little wine connoisseur? No. What do you got tonight? Go, Is it a Pinot? Back Is it a Merlot? Just about anything. Probably a blend. I can, no, I mean, I can... You can I can do anything. I mean, I, I, I'm drinking vino right now, but it's not like I can't. I don't know. I'm not is a that, big liquor Is that guy. why you're getting all romantic, talking about girls and relationships and stuff? All right. What would happen first for DJ Rice? You would either wear pleated pants on a regular basis, or you would get an embarrassing tattoo, like a tramp stamp. Um, I mean, I don't know about that location of the tattoo. The pleated pants. Maybe they'll come back into fashion, but the tramp stamp for a dude is always going to be obsolete. <laughs> so we got to look at it that right. way. Like, there's a chance for the pants. Okay. There's not a chance for the tattoo. Got to go with the pants. Okay. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. I'd even cuff them okay. at the bottom if I had to. Back in the day yeah, in I, the 90s, the pleat. Ashworth, yeah, Ashworth, circa 1997. Hell yeah. That was the. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Um. All right. All right. Have you ever seen uh, James Corden's Carpool Karaoke? Yeah, it's amazing. That dude's right. got some pipes on him, doesn't he? He is pretty good, actually. What if if you were if you invited T.J. Rice, which he would never do, but if he did to do Carpool Karaoke, what two songs would be your go-to? Hmm. I mean, is it my choice? Yeah, your choice. Well, I mean, we'd have to reference my biggest asset. Oh, what what is that? But my body is telling me, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I have no idea, dude. Um, I have Uh. no idea what the heck I was saying there. Uh, all right. So, um, clearly your biggest asset is not singing, right? Yeah, that's a fact. <laughs> oh man. I mean, it had to be, it had to be the song you just did, which is a slow, like 
Slow Jam, which I love, and then yeah, probably yeah. some kind of John Mayer jam, right? Like you would do Run Through the Halls of My High School or Your Body is a Wonderland, right? No, those are two throwback. I'd have to be more, you know. Oh, you'd be more current. Yeah. Okay. I, I might okay. have to do something Bruno Mars because, oh. you know, when the voice cracks, that can be that can be attractive Fantastic. to the females too. Yeah. I uh, just took my wife to see Bruno Mars. It was amazing. How was that night? Did it work for it you? Was, it worked out just as yeah, planned. Yeah, it did. Well, if, you take, if you take a lady to a Bruno Mars concert and you don't, close the deal you are pat. something is deeply wrong with you yes you're fat <laughs> um <laughs> pat's getting loose i can tell by that laugh listen tj that laugh you just heard right there is pat yeah, getting is that... real loose so we got to keep this we got to keep this rolling um what is something you spend your money on that most people would be shocked to hear your keno money Oh, my Kino money. You know what? Yeah, I, obviously, music stuff takes up a lot of it. And the other thing that I have a slight infatuation with is it's kind of femme, you know, kind of in Pat's realm, but it's uh, Lululemon, dude. I tell you what. Wait a minute. What? Can, Lululemon. The, the, I can I thought- stock my bag full of that stuff. Because I can wear it, it's just amazing. It's pajamas, I wear them all over the place. And nobody cares. <laughs> Wait a minute! Oh my god! I thought Lululemon was only for girls. They have men's stuff. Yeah, they got stuff for dudes. All right. They actually have oh. a pair of pants, ABC pants, anti ball crushing pants. They're amazing. No, they don't. Yeah, look into that's, them. That's what that stands for. Yeah. <laughs> oh god this is awesome um i will look into that i will um uh, i'll look into that i did not think you were going to say that i'm glad i asked that question yeah that was pretty deep i'm, I'm <laughs> very rain rain man like at, at certain times Wap- but you know i'm just getting Wapner, tired Wapner and, uh, <laughs> david keeps david keeps like making this go longer than it should so, and I love you guys, but I'm just like you know what? Tired we right can now. cut this off if you want to be a sourpuss. You know, Pat, hang up, <laughs> hang we up. We can let you go to bed. Pat, this would this would be the first podcast ever where literally one of the hosts just leaves the fuck. Yeah, just, no. just hang up. Me and TJ, keep hey, it going. I We're good. Leave. You want me, if you want me to leave, I will leave. I feel like your wife <laughs> outlasting you again. Oh! 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 Shots fired! Shots fired! I used to like you. I used to like you, TJ. TJ, let me tell you something. Having having been around Pat numerous times when he's inebriated, I can hear it in his voice. Like as as great as it would be to just run him off, it'll probably be better if we keep him on somehow and get more entertainment value out of him. No, it's That's good. Probably, I mean, they call it they yeah. call it a slur. I mean, everybody does it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that laugh, oh. that, that laugh, I know very well. Oh, All right. Um, uh, other than that, I think I'm. I think I'm. I'm good. I'm ready to. Uh, I'm ready to release this to the world. It's going to be a good. Good episode. Thank you guys for hanging got, on. Got nothing. Great left. time, man. That's all I got. TJ, you are the man. We want to have you on again. I can tell you that. 
Uh, we wish you all the best this season and next season. Sword Junkies podcast. It's been a good one with TJ Rice. See ya. Till the tears run down from my eyes, Lord, somebody, ooh, somebody, can anybody find me somebody to love? Alexa, play hits from Queen. Okay. Somebody to love. With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get tens of millions of songs. Download the Amazon Music app today. It's maybe the night that my dreams might let me know. All the stars are closer. All the stars are closer. Tell me what you're going to do to me. Confrontation ain't nothing new to me. You could bring a bullet, bring a sword, bring a morgue, but you can't bring the truth to me. Alexa, play Kendrick Lamar and SZA. Okay. With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get tens of millions of songs. Download the Amazon Music app today.